0: Today, I want to talk about the baptism in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Now, I know for some believers, this is a freak out subject, but it's not a big deal. It's just the power of God. If you did not know, the church was born on the day of Pentecost. Now, Pentecost is the Greek word for Shavuot. That's how I'm pronouncing it. This was known among the Jews as the Feast of Weeks. So, those who observe a Judeo-Christian heritage, you do well. Acts 2, 38-39. Apostle Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you, your children, and for all who are far off. That means generations. For all whom the Lord our God will call. Now, Christians may not all be Pentecostal in name, but we're all Pentecostal in faith. At least that's my understanding of it. There are three baptisms I wanted to cover really quickly in the New Testament. So there's John's baptism of repentance. This is symbolized by water. This is what your pastor Or a minister in a church will perform. And basically all four Gospels uh, makes reference to Jesus Christ being baptized. So he modeled that for us. Of course, he did not need to be born again, but he was giving us a sign of keeping covenant with God that we should be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Furthermore, at the end of the Gospel of, I believe it's Mark, There is a commandment uh, to be baptized. And so Jesus also said to John, when John tried to say, hey, you should baptize me. You're the son of God. Jesus said, no, we must perform all that the father requires. Now, the second baptism is the baptism into the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit is the baptizer in this instance. And you can check that out in Ephesians chapter four. The third baptism, the one we're going to focus on for the next few minutes, is the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. In this situation, Jesus is the baptizer. All four gospels say that he is the one who is coming, who was coming, to baptize his disciples in the Holy Spirit and fire. All the scriptural references, by the way, can be found on the exhortation page of bigviewsmallwindow.com. Now, as I said, these are three baptisms. This is what I have come up with after living for God for almost two decades. I believe that I have rightly divided scripture. If you've uh, divided it some other way, I would challenge that there is some theologian or some other theological text that that helped you divide that. I don't think that that's a revelation of the Holy Spirit because there are multiple baptisms in the New Testament. And being baptized in water, uh, as with John's baptism of repentance, is not the same as the baptism into the body of Christ, which the Holy Spirit performs, which is also not the same as the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. That third one is the anointing. It is the one that comes with that physical evidence. And it lets you know that salvation has taken place for sure. Now, this baptism also comes with an evidence of unrestrained boldness if you look through the book of acts not just look through it but read through it study it follow the life of the disciples they had what i am going to refer to as an unrestrained spiritual boldness they went before magistrates and the temple keepers and the sanhedrin and they were bold so if you are wanting to know If there's more, then I'm telling you there's more, and it's in your Bible. Now, in Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit came, the disciples were not quiet, right? So I think there's some sort of doctrine that says if you pray in the Spirit, you're supposed to be quiet. I think based on Acts chapter 2, I'm going to throw that off. But they were so loud in their prayer language that people thought they were drunk. And the rushing wind of the Holy Spirit brought people from miles around. And the people that came from around these regions were um, Gentiles. And so if you look in the in the chapter 2 of Acts, then you'll be able to see what region and what language and dialects and stuff. They were all standing around. And they began to accuse the disciples of being drunk, right? Because these tongues of fire had fallen on them, and they were just speaking in these languages, right? Now note There was no interpretation needed on the day of Pentecost, but the Holy Spirit, by his power, gave the people the ability to perceive what was being prayed and what was being said, just the same as he gave the disciples the ability to be able to speak in those tongues. Now, here is where some deviation between Christian sects can happen. This is where disunity can kind of come in. Is that basically there are some who have who have interpreted the gift of tongues mentioned in 1 corinthians 12 and 14 Which does require an interpretation. They have said that that particular gift is the same as what happened on the day of pentecost The only reason why I have divided that and said that those are not the same is because in acts chapter 2 when the holy spirit fell There was no interpreter however When Paul is talking about doing things in decency and in order, and when there is a message being given to the church, then yes, an interpretation is required. So I believe that there is a difference between a prayer language and then a message that is coming from the Holy Spirit to the people. Now, the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues is not required to make heaven. I've done a little bit of research. I know that there are some Pentecostal sects that would say, if you don't speak in tongues, you're going to hell. That is heresy. That is false. That is wrong. And that is not what the Apostle Peter was talking about in Acts 2 when he preached his sermon and in verses 38 and 39. So, now, what I will say is that those who are living without the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I have noticed that there is they're basically living in an all-loving, no warfare, lack of spiritual authority, kind of a nice form of Christianity. That's fine. If if you want to do that, you can make heaven. Hey, the Bible says when you're saved, you're indwelled by the Holy Spirit. I found that in Romans 8. But when you're baptized, you're filled, you're filled to overflowing, to the point of where you're no longer in control of your own tongue. Essentially being baptized. In the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, it's like it's being possessed. If you, if you wanted to be possessed by a spirit, then the Holy Spirit is the spirit that you would want to be possessed by. And that I am. I love fiery, wild, Pentecostal tongue-talking people. But I also love my non-warfare, nice, evangelical Christian family as well. I tell you what. When revival hits, no one's going to care. There are so many gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to men, and you can read about those gifts in First Corinthians 12, in Romans chapter 12, um, I believe also in 1 Peter, and so there's all sorts of gifts, men, administration, and leadership, and service, and hospitality, and then there's the prophetic gifts of words of knowledge, and wisdom, and miracles, and healing, and I think it's up to us to look into that to seek the lord don't seek the gift but seek the lord the giver of the gift and it's our choice to do that and then the lord if if the situation spiritually is is conducive um, to your faith and his will right in that perfect timing you will be baptized now this in the holy spirit now this is not something That you're going to be able to reason yourself into. You can't conjure anything up. You can't work anything up. You can't uh, study all the extracurricular doctrine and everything on it and then just step into it. It's not accidental, it's intentional and it's a gift from the Father. Now, you don't need to be schooled on speaking in tongues. I just don't think there's such a thing. The Holy Spirit is the one who will school you. So, Don't worry about looking at commentaries and concordances. I would say go straight to scripture, pray and wait on God to give you revelation directly. The church, again, was born on the day of Pentecost. So if you're born again, you're a Pentecostal Christian and the gift is for you and it is for today. I mentioned it earlier, but go ahead and check out the exhortation page on bigviewsmallwindow.com. I have some scriptural references there. I would love to hear from you, my listeners, on this particular doctrine. So to start a conversation with me, send me an email. It's Tiffany, T-I-F-F-A-N-Y, at bigviewsmallwindow.com. Be blessed. Be <laughs> blessed.